0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 16 of the WP Mainline podcast for Friday, October 22nd, 2021. I am your host, Jeff Chandler, joined by the one and only Malcolm Peralti of Press Titan and Camber Creative. Woo, got that right off the top of the show. Very nice. How you doing, sir?
1: I'm tired, but I'm doing doing well. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit sleepy. I'm feeling a little punchy, actually. I didn't get much sleep, so I'm I'm like on that that verge of like being kind of silly. So I actually got some sleep, and I feel sleepy. You didn't get much sleep at all, and
0: you feel the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, apparently that's that's how that works. Yeah. So I wanted to. This has nothing to do with WordPress. I told we were talking a little bit before the show here uh, about what was going on, but I've I've had some something weird going on with me lately when it comes to sleeping, and that is, I'll be sleeping. And I will have what I perceive to be a dream. I think I'm dreaming. And there will be a time where um, I can see myself in the dream. I, I can see myself sleeping. And there comes a point where someone it feels like someone is coming up beside me next to my bed and is getting ready to either touch me, to hit me, to do something. And five or six times now, I have woken up while swinging my right hand to the left side of me, you know, as if I'm trying to knock this person out only to wake up and realize there's no one there. Now this has happened about five or six times in a row. My wife has even commented that she has seen me like kicking and fighting people in bed, you know, in my sleep. I don't know what's going on. I do I need medication? Do I, do I need to, it's not even like I'm dreaming of being in a fight or defending myself. There's just this one instance where, I could see I could see myself sleeping as if I'm defenseless, and someone just I I could just feel the pressure and everything that comes along with it where someone is just about ready to touch me or do what it, whatever it is I, I think they're going to do, and I just just swing my right arm as hard as I can, and <laughs> I'm I just I keep whiffing I, I keep hitting air, and when I wake up I'm taking deep breaths I'm wondering what the hell is going on you know that's not good for the anxiety. So I don't I don't know what's been going on, but it's happened five or six times now. And I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. Sounds like more doctor time in, oh, for you. Gee, oh man, doctor time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I <laughs> I can't explain it. I don't even you know if I was my my dream. I'm pretty good at remembering my dreams, and if it was if I was defending myself or I was in a fight or something like that, like I would remember that. Like it would make sense, but it's just. All of the times now, I've I, I just envisioned myself, It, and I thought maybe it could be like sleep paralysis, but it's not that, because I can eventually, I can fight through it, I can get out of that. Maybe it's a form of sleep paralysis, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I don't know, maybe you're right, maybe I, I need some more doctor time. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. Uh, but that's that's why I've been kind of feeling sleepy and sleep some kind of whack, and thank God my wife sleeps on the other side of the bed, or else I could have been in jail for domestic
1: violence, and I didn't even mean it. I actually have a story kind of related to that and hopefully people won't take that the wrong way but um, I uh, when apparently when I was sleeping one time um, I moved my arms and I hit my wife in the face while she was sleeping and she kind of woke up and was like what the heck uh. and apparently I said to her that I was conducting a symphony and it was going to be epic and I was conducting a symphony in my dreams and uh, yeah then she was just like you know, just completely shocked. And like, I rubbed her face and was like, go back to sleep, go back to sleep. And then I was, apparently I was asleep the entire time, but wow. I have no recollection of this whatsoever. Thankfully I didn't leave a mark, but it was one of those funny things where it's like, no, I didn't. She's like, you did, you did, you hit me in the face. Cause you were, you were dealing with a symphony or conducting a symphony.
0: So sleep, is, sleep is weird, man. I've, I've had dreams where, you know, that feeling you get that the, if, when you're on a plane in the turbulence and you have a sudden drop in altitude. I have felt that in my dreams, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though I'm just laying there, right? I'm just laying in bed, sleeping. How can I possibly feel the dropping of altitude when I'm not moving? Right, <laughs> it right. Makes no sense to me, but I can feel it. It feels real in my dream. Uh, what a what a wacky world the state of dreams are. Speaking of dreams, I mean WordPress, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I woke <laughs> I woke up and a dream come true. I'm writing about WordPress. Living up the WordPress dream, you're exactly right. Uh, So I actually attended my first WordPress meetup yesterday. It's the first meetup I've attended in a long, long time. No, I did not physically go there. I actually attended the WordCamp Philly WordPress meetup group. They did a, um, Liam Dempsey did a presentation on uh, his thoughts from uh, their first client site built on the block editor. So I was kind of watching that presentation, trying to get the get a feel for for how it went and sort of the feedback they had regarding the block editor. And uh one of the surprising things from his presentation that I took away from it was that when they trained the their client on how to use the block editor, uh it actually went fairly smoothly. Um the, the training process was fine and they actually picked up on the block editor rather quickly, which you know, surprising to me because I've heard a bunch of horror stories, but a lot of the stories I've heard were from developers, not from the actual clients. Uh, so, so there is that. And they also talked about their experience of limiting blacks and the core blacks versus blacks from or a black library and how they're kind of hoping that in the future, there's more of a uh, there's more ways or maybe an easier way for developers Consultants to limit the amount of of blocks, or at least the blocks that uh, the client can access, because you know you, you, the client is probably most of the time only going to use a certain set of blocks. So there's no sense in providing them access to all the other blocks that exist. And there's a lot of blocks, so right. you know. So they were talking about that, and uh there's a couple other things there, but it, it just it was great to actually. Now, 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 I've said that I'm I'm not really big on online presentations and some, but I haven't done any one of these in a long, long time. And it was, it, it, I got to admit, it felt great. It felt great to to chat with other people there as he's doing his presentation, to ask questions, part of a meetup group. Uh, I had a good time and uh, congrats and a nice job by the people who organize and run the WordCamp Philly meetup group. I had a good time and it was, it was pretty cool to attend from Ohio. <laughs>
1: And so I mean when you say that you attended, like I mean the first question that comes <laughs> to my mind is, um, did anyone know you were there and who you were? I mean were yes. you yes. like uh, a micro celebrity? Nope. I was not a uh I was not
0: a micro celebrity. I mean, I it's not like I said You were a full celebrity? That's amazing. <laughs> I I uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not like those days where I go to WordCamp, San Francisco and I have a whole groupie groupy section from Japan that wants to take my picture. You know, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like, it's not like that. Boy, those were the days, but, um, but I announced, Hey, you know, this is Jeff from Ohio and, you know, I run WP mainline and, you know, some folks said hi, but it wasn't like a big deal. So it, it was fine. It was nice. Uh, we, we all knew each other. And I, I asked a lot of good questions. I, you know, it's no surprise that I was, I was the most active uh, commenter in the chat because, right. you know, that's, Usually when I am <laughs> just asking questions and sharing some knowledge, stuff like that. But overall, it was a pretty good time. Kind of had me yearning for sort of a physical in person work camp. And then I'm like, eh, nope, not ready yet. Not ready for that or meetups. I'll stick with the with the hybrid or uh, the online approach for now. And by the way, speaking of work camps, uh, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show yet, but there is a uh, there's some work going on now for WordCamp Porto. I don't. I think that might be WordCamp EU, or it might be a, something separate. But uh, there, there's there's work underway, organizing underway for a WordCamp in uh, Porto or WordCamp EU. I will have to clarify that and look it up. But there, there's some things afoot now in terms of organizing and getting some in-person WordCamps uh, going on. Hmm. Uh, with that said, there's been some some articles that have come out this week that have led to some thinking and some discussions, and one of those was published by Justin Fairman, who you might know from LearnDash, a plugin that was recently acquired by uh, Stellar WP over there at Liquid Web, and his post is about Gutenberg, the black editor, and he talks about it as uh, Matt's page builder. And he says that he remembers Gutenberg being announced as the uh, as a as a as a as a page builder, like it was going to be a great way to to uh, a front end page builder. But it turns out it hasn't really turned out to be that way at all, and it, it sort of has transitioned into this thing that we call full site editing. Now that is kind of taken on; that's a buzzword, and a lot of people are excited about that. But basically, the basis of his article is that. Gutenberg or what we now see as the black editor uh has been advertised as as a page builder but then it was advertised as a new revolutionary way of creating content and at this point he doesn't see it as being good at either and he doesn't think uh Gutenberg can be can be good at both at least or he doesn't think it's good at, at both now um and I and I tend to uh agree with him now he says that He'll always recommend WordPress to people looking to build a business that relies upon organic traffic from Google. And as a CMS, WordPress can't be beat. But when it comes to writing content, he doesn't even bother with the editor. He doesn't even bother using the classic editor or classic press. He actually uses a uh, program or service called Write Freely. So that's what he uses. And um, so, so there you go. And he, and he talks about how Elementor has been crushing it. And he says that he'll continue to pull for for Gutenberg. Uh, he knows it will grow as a page builder, but he's hopeful that along the way it become it can become a decent writing tool. Now, Joe Casabona he writ, he he published an article in response to Justin's article and mm-hmm. kind of agreed with him that you know WordPress really isn't the editor or really isn't the place to go to to write your content. And he actually lists out. Uh, some different tools and things you could use uh, using a separate writing app. And he actually has a couple of convincing arguments as to why you'd want to do this anyway, such as keeping your content locally. It it acts as a backup. You don't have to worry about losing your internet connection and maybe losing that content that's in the editor. And all of those are actually really good points. Even though WordPress kind of has things built in to, to take care of those. But as I've experienced in the past, there's still ways to where you could lose content if you're relying On the uh, on the editor, you know, hoping that things are saving and and what have you. All of this to say that seeing these types of articles, it it makes me sad because WordPress, to me, when I use the editor, and well, you know, I've said it here multiple times. When when Gutenberg works, it's great. I can see it as being the future of managing and creating content. But when it breaks. It breaks bad when you have an invalid JSON response, what do you do? Things are broken, you have no idea what to do, you have no idea where to go, what even the first step is to take to get yourself back to a point where the editor works and uh, you know you can get back to writing and there, and there's still actually some weird things like like I was reading a bug report the other day where if you're using a a single apostrophe. To, to do something or to write something within within the editor it's, it doesn 't work it 's broken and, and there 's also something that really annoys me in fact, where if you try and copy multiple paragraphs from uh, from a blog post and post those into one quote block it doesn 't work it ends up tr- your quote block turns into three separate paragraph blocks, and you have to finagle the text to get it all to fit into a quote block so so like i 'm kind of in agreement with these guys, and it makes me sad that And I feel like one of the reasons why we're kind of in this state right now, or the editors in this state is because it's in flux. It's in development. WordPress is in this transitional phase where the working on all these different facets that requires the editors, the page building, the full site editing, the content authorship and creation is, is there, but it's not quite there. I mean, there's still a lot of work left to be done. And I feel like, we're at this point where we're just going to have to go through the growing pains until we get to the point where I I hope there's a point where we look back and said, man, this was all worth it. And and that's both on the content creation side and the theme development side and the full site editing experience and all that. I want to get to that point where we look back and say, Matt was right. Everything that we got now today, it was painful to get to this point, but he was right. And WordPress is at, uh, where it needs to be and it was all worth it. But, you know, until we get to that point we're we're going through these growing pains and man, it sucks.
1: Yep. It does. I think one of the issues here and one of the issues that has always existed is that the block editor is trying to serve too many masters in a way. Um, right right now
0: right now it certainly feels and looks that way.
1: Yeah, it's it's trying to make it so that you can design pages Um, and then it's also trying to let you add content to pages. And I think that that's kind of a mistake when, when I think about Elementor, for example, I think about using that as a tool to lay out my page, right? Specific pages. Um, if I want to blog with Elementor, I'm laying out like a header and a sidebar and a footer, and then I'm just blogging in normal WordPress where I think Gutenberg is trying to do all of those things and it's doing none of them perfectly. And it's leaning more on. Designing layouts of pages through using blocks as the the tool for that, and not enough about how we deal with content. And I'm my biggest concern is we're going to have a, a an issue kind of like what Drupal has, where you know it, the the understanding or the onboarding of new users to the platform or and understanding how to be proficient in it is going to take longer and longer because they're giving too much power, too many tools too quickly to users. I kind of miss the times where we had like you know, post types or like you could like select that, you know, (laughs) this one's going to be a podcast and this one's just going to be an image gallery and this one's going to be um, a quote, right? And you could just select those and it really kind of simplified the experience and separated out the design from the content management. And I know that, you know, some people want the ability to lay things out, but I I kind of see the future as, you know, for 99% of us and 99% of the time, I'm not going to create a new custom layout for an individual post or page, right? Sometimes Mm. I might do that. But most of the time, I just want to be able to publish my content, give it a featured image, have it have, it have some links and some some quotes in it and get it out there to the world. Exactly. And I think that, uh, you know, we've gone too far away from that that initial need and that that, you know, we talk about how often things are needed in WordPress. Um, so like, should they be core or should they be plugins? And this, you know, one of the ter- determining factors is, will you use this all the time? Right. Like, is it something that you need constantly? And I'm kind of wondering, like, do we really truly need a built-in page layout system like this? Um, Maybe, but does it need to be part of the post and publishing process of creating a page or a post? Maybe not. Um, I saw a thing where they were locking down blocks where you could edit the content of the block. Like you could change the photo out or you could change the text, but you couldn't move the the block around or like adjust certain things with it. Oh, Um, yes. That's a new feature that's coming. Yeah. And I thought that's that makes some sense, right? Because you have designers who can design the page and then you have editors and authors who can post content in the page and you shouldn't really expect the same person to be responsible for both those things. And you should ideally have a way that the design gets out of the way for authors to publish content. And mm-hmm. I think we're not doing enough of that.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's just like all these years, WordPress to me uh, in the editor, all those years I've written thousands of posts within the wordpress editor there were times where i've used uh calypso or a different desktop app maybe even the mobile app i've used other apps but i've always gone back to the editor because i'd i like the feature set that it has and it had ombed support and i had all these other cool things that some of these others editors didn't have but it's um it just it just bites me as a content author content producer as someone who who writes posts where they involve quotes adding an image here or there maybe a little gallery here and there. You know, not things that are not complicated not too many call to actions or anything like that it's just mm-hmm. way more di- it feels like it's way more difficult than it has to be and like i said god forbid if it breaks because if it breaks i <laughs> uh, what can i tell you sol you know you're <laughs> those
1: those helpful error messages right
0: yeah so i i I just it's just just sad to me and i i hope i hope sooner rather than later i know that all of the effort and focus right now is on full site editing block themes block this and block that that, that's sort of the design the look Mm -hmm. and feel of wordpress and i i really hope sooner rather than later that a big focus can go back onto the content authorship and generation and, and writing aspects of the editor, because 100%. there is still a lot of work that has to be done. And man, it just, it just sucks that, you know, that it's to the point where, uh, you know, people are, 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 are suggesting, Hey, use this editor, or use that editor and you'll have a much better time, <laughs> you know, but, right. but that's, that's the way it is. But then, like I said, I also feel like, We're just kind of in this gray area of the transitional period. And these are just some of the pains that we're going to have to go through and weather through and hopefully come out on the other side uh, better for it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Elementor, uh, Ben Pines, this is actually some big news. Ben Pines, who was the uh, chief marketing officer for Elementor back in the days when it was only installed on about 200,000 sites. Now it's like, what, eight or nine million? (laughs) So... They've experienced some growth over the years. He announced that he is going to be stepping down. He'll be leaving Elementor at the end of this month. Basically, it comes down to his, uh, he's going to be moving on to bigger and better things. He feels like his work is done. they at Elementor. He helped uh, over six years span of time to uh, record a bunch of feature release videos. He created a weekly YouTube show. He built a magazine recorded a podcast series. He was able to interview a bunch of his his marketing heroes. He ran a countless number of blog posts. Basically, the guy did everything that was necessary to help Elementor grow into the page builder that it has become. And he says in his tweets that Elementor today is a stronger, more mature company than it ever was. So the time is right for me to take the step. I feel excited about the progress and trajectory of the company and can't wait to see how it continues to evolve and improve the lives of web creators further. And he says he's not completely removing himself from the elementary community that he's just stepping down as his role. And he will be on the sidelines as a member, particip- still participating in the community. So there's a lot of kudos and praise that have been handed out to Ben Pines. And, and you know, in thinking about it, to to be sort of near the ground level of a company or a product like Elementor and have maybe 200, 300,000 sites that are using it or customers. And then
1: when you leave, it's in the millions.
0: That's got to feel pretty damn good.
1: Yeah. And to stay in a tech position or a tech company for six years, Mm -hmm. nearly, that's pretty rare too. I mean, that speaks volumes to Elementor as a company in making sure that they you know, maintained a positive culture that Ben wanted to stick around for all that time.
0: I've heard nothing but good things about Elementor. I've never used it, but when it comes to page builders, uh there are countless agencies and developers out there that that turn to Elementor, like we just mentioned Justin Fairman. He said Elementor's been killing it. So have yeah. you ever used uh Elementor? Have you a built
1: lot. anything? Okay. A what's lot. your what's your experience been like? Um I mean, I don't really have any graphic design skill and it makes stuff that I do look really good. So, oh, I mean, nice. that makes me feel really empowered. Um, and I mean, it it can feel a little bit slow and janky sometimes when you're doing certain actions, but the number of like secondary add-ons for like WooCommerce and things like that, the ability to lay out pages quickly, the ability to kind of templatize your pages like we were talking about before, have like custom headers for different categories if you want, like there's so many functions that are very kind of easy to do with Elementor and it's so visually engaging and there's so much pre-built stuff. It it just feels wonderful. And when you're when you need to kind of build out like half a dozen of like really good looking cool pages, Elementor does that like in such a stellar way. Um, I will say though, like I'm trying to move away from plugins as much as possible <laughs> in in all these different areas. So um, you know, Elementor is also like in terms of kind of a little bit of a back end way is a bit heavy um they're really good like they've optimized the heck out of it for the front end experience so that it's not like weighing down your site as much but it uh you know it can always use more work there and it's still not as lightweight as just kind of using uh, you know a well designed gutenberg theme um so but i mean i i've always been very impressed with it and it's always made me feel very empowered Speaking
0: of page builders, one of the things, and this harkens back to the presentation I, I saw last night with Liam Dempsey. He was talking about one of the things that's built into And Smokey's making his presence known. My wife just got <laughs> home. So there he is. That's great. Um, but uh, these page builders, they, they build in. One of the things when they hand the client over or hand the site over to the client is the educational aspects, the training. In this case, they didn't use a page builder. They just used straight up Gutenberg block editor and some blocks and stuff like that. But then he mentioned that in other times, if they had the time, they would have done training on the page builder that they used to build the site. And I was thinking all of these different page builders with all this different terminology and all these different Mm -hmm. ways of accomplishing the same thing. Now, I imagine that you could probably make a college level course of all these different page builders that you probably have to train clients on before you actually hand the site over to them if you're, if you're using one of them.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's another reason to try to avoid a lot of these things and stick to core functions, right? Because the core stuff is going to be the easiest to find documentation for and, yeah. all, and typically um, and the easiest to get support for. I mean, if you've ever gone to your web host and said, I'm having an issue, one of the first things you're going to say is have you deactivated all your plugins? <laughs> like, so using these third party tools um, can kind of be a little bit difficult, especially for that learning curve um, or for that support curve. So you know, it's just another reason to try to avoid them as much as possible, even though they are so empowering. And I
0: think what you just said, I think that's why a lot of people, not just agencies, but clients and just maybe everyday users, everyday users who know what's going on, are probably trying to stick with full site editing or full Gutenberg based themes because that's going to be the easiest to maintain. And like you, like all the reasons you just said, and you won't have to worry about relying on a plugin or a page builder or learning an entirely different set of terminology and the way things work. Mm-hmm. You just stick with core. Speaking of core and blocks, back in late August, Matthias Ventura, the lead architect of Gutenberg, uh, created an issue on Gutenberg, started a debate on renaming reusable blocks. And he says, and I quote, Reusable blocks have a long history now. They started as saved blocks and went through some renaming iterations until they settled on reusable blocks. This worked all right at the beginning, but with the introduction of patterns, its meaning has started to become fuzzy and confusing. In the end, patterns are also reusable pieces of design. Given the nature of these blocks is to have content in sync wherever it is displayed, edit once, update everywhere. I propose that we change the name in the UI to Synced Blocks and adjust the block description a little bit to clarify that. So there's been, and this has kind of come up recently in recent days, and there's been a lot more, there's been an influx of feedback on this ticket. And basically reusable blocks is just what he described. You can save a block or turn it into a reusable block. You could put it in different parts of the website. And when you update it, wherever you update it across the site uh, in one place, it updates it across the entire site. So with that in mind, I was thinking that uh, global blocks, let's change the name from reusable blocks to global blocks. And I was thinking of like global variables as the precedence for this, where if you use this type of block and you change it once, then the changes affect it globally, which means wherever it is across the site. I've seen a number of people who agree, or have and, also suggested this but there's also like site wide content block or there's been some other terms that have that have come up but but in all this what i want to bring up is that it's it's an interesting conundrum in that these blocks have names but some of these blocks their functionality can overlap to the point where they can do some of the same if not all of the same things that another block can do so
1: the name naming them is like almost I don't know, you throw your hands up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the good news about something like global blocks is that it's, you know, it's not too dissimilar from what Elementor calls their things. They use um, global things as well. So I think one of the issues is not necessarily the naming. It's the understanding, right? So, oh, um, oh, so, so, so you brought this up, but there's actually
0: a comment by Zebulon Stanfield. He actually said, because there's a question in the issues is what do, major page builders call them because they all have had them for years before Gutenberg. So I'll, yep. I'll quickly run down the list. Avada global elements, beaver builder, uh, global modules, columns, rows, uh, Brizzy global blocks, Divi global modules, rows, sections, Elementor global widgets, oxygen builder, reasonable parts and visual composer global templates. So, we're, so we see at least global use pretty much in all the different page builders in one way or yeah.
1: another. Yeah. Um, But I think, I think the bigger thing is to just make sure that it's visually distinct. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we haven't seen much kind of color in terms of determination for block types or block things in um, Gutenberg or in the block editor yet. Um, You will, when you're looking at like the block pattern library or the block library, you'll see that sometimes people will have their icons in like green or purple or orange or whatever. Um, But when I embed a block into my page and that maybe we call it the global block, let's say we put a global block in, it should maybe be highlighted in some way that I know that if I change that, it will be changed everywhere. Yeah, it should have um, a little so, globe icon or something. Yeah, it's or just some, like some kind of know. visual indicator, right? Because it's not just about what we call it. It's about making sure that people understand visually that this ha- this change is important to know about because if you change it, it will be changed everywhere. Um, Yeah, and I can I can certainly see
0: where you've you have all these blacks spread across your website, and then if you use something like the, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? What's it called? Uh, The man, the plugin by Nick Diego, where you can do contextually uh, control where and when and schedule content or widgets or not widgets, but blocks show up, or widgets are blocks. They're all the same thing nowadays anyways. Look at me. I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about anymore. Like but, uh, his block visibility plugin? Yes, yes, yes. That allows you to contextually control when and where blocks show up. You can even schedule content using that plugin when a block shows up. But I can actually see where, if if you've got a pretty large site and all these different pages, and let's say you update a specific block for that page, and it's a global block, well, now you've just updated it and you might've added information that's specific to that page, but now it shows up on a different page, which is wrong. And what what if you end up in this, you know, this would be me. I'd end up in a loop where I'd go to this page, change it, go back to that page, change it. And it'd probably take like four or five times before I realize,
1: oh, that's a global block. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm doing this to myself. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I, and I haven't used this functionality yet, but is there actually any way to like disconnect them? So let's say I pull a global mm. block into my page. And I'm I want it to be, I want to use the exact same look and feel, but now I want to change the information, but I don't want to change it everywhere. Is there a way to like separate it or like disconnect it so it's no longer oh, like man. I haven't, connected to those other ones? I haven't
0: used the I haven't used the, those blocks extensively, but I want to say that you can click on the transform tool and transform it into a different block. I hope so, <laughs> but but I can't confirm that. Right. All right. So now we've got black groups or group blocks. We've got black patterns. We have reusable blocks, which are, you know, like I said, more, more like global blocks. So, ah, oh, man, we have all these different blocks. Naming is hard. I'm glad I'm not in the naming business. <laughs> I get, you know, and Facebook's going to find out the hard way that naming things are hard. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> uh, I wanted to give a shout out to, Mr. Sean Andrews. Sean Andrews is a digital designer at Automatic. He actually has been one of my favorite Twitter accounts to follow as of late because he's been working on various ideas and he's just been throwing them out there on Twitter. Like he's he's got this little video uh, where he's been working on some designs for the uh, block pattern browser, just kind of his take on things. He's also been working on um, like, what if Gutenberg had a way to change colors for the selected block and all its inner blocks? which has been kind of neat. He's been working on uh, different like knobs and tools and uh, block controls in, in the uh, block toolbar. He's, he also has this concept of what if you could see relevant block patterns when adding a WordPress block, which I thought was neat. Um, so he's just posting all these different concept, concepts and ideas out there. And it gave me a sense of nostalgia because I remember back in the day, um, this is what it was like in WordPress. You had all these different mm-hmm. people with all these different concepts and ideas, publishing them on their blog, and it was fun. I'm like, okay, you know, that's that's a neat idea, and you know, everything wasn't hidden or tied into uh, a, a tweet or an issue or deep in a track ticket somewhere. But people were actually kind of publishing to the world their ideas, no matter how crazy they might have been. You know, it was it was just fun, and I would like to see uh, more people in the WordPress community, do what Sean Andrews is doing. And just, if you have a concept or an idea, I don't care how wacky you think it might be, just toss it out there, throw it out there, write about it, publish a blog post about it. I want to see that stuff. And if you have already done that, or or you do that on a regular basis, please tell me, at me on Twitter, or, or contact me through the WP Mainline contact form. I want to follow you. I want to read that kind of stuff because that's where you know, ideas are, are generated. That's where new things can be developed, new features or just just different takes on different ways to go about things. And uh, I, I, boy, I'd like to see this uh, come back where, where multitudes of people are just throwing their ideas out there. I would fun. actually
1: like to, I'd like to unpack your feelings on that because, um, so do you feel like there's just not as much kind of like play or exploration in WordPress these days? I I feel like there is for, for, like Justin
0: Tadlock, he he's done a great job of exploring Gutenberg and the editor and, and writing about his thoughts and feelings and sharing those like on the tavern. But I, I feel like I feel like if there is or if there are that
1: it's not public. It's not as public as uh, or or I'm just not seeing it. Do you think that's in part because of how commercialized WordPress has become? Like well, if you, if you're a developer and you're experimenting with something, you don't necessarily want your next employer to see you, uh, yeah. you know, potentially writing crummy code or like playing around with something that is kind of silly or awkward or weird. Do you think maybe the commercialization uh, of WordPress is kind of, you know, st- slowing that aspect down a little bit, making yeah. it a little bit less fun? Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it. that's that big of an issue. I think it's
0: just more of a, just people were not willing to, to share or just throw it out there because it could be wacky or, or it could tick someone off or it could, it could, <laughs> you know, it could affect their employer. Or it could affect, it, not in fact, but it could affect their employment, employment chance. I, you know, it's, it's kind of stupid as something like a concept or idea for WordPress would, would do that, would affect your negatively impact you in that way, but I can see how it could happen. And that's just really ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Come on man. <laughs> but what you uh, play with you it's, it's Yeah, yeah, I, man, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like like if 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 you're just doing an experiment or you write about it or you're saying, "Hey, I was playing in the editor and I came up with this and I and I was kind of I came up with the concept or an idea of what if it did this or what if you could do this." And then it'd be great to just read that post and have one of those, "Ah, yeah, that is a good idea."
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: but but I think nowadays those experimentations are like behind the scenes or hidden or they're deep in a in an issue somewhere on github or or still on track and they're just not people are just not blogging the way they used to you know (laughs) that's what
1: it is yeah yeah
0: Uh, all right so um are you Or anybody else out there who are listening, looking to increase your productivity? Well, one of the tools that helps thousands of web developers and designers do more every day is GoDaddy Pro. Combining site client and project management, GoDaddy Pro is an all-in-one solution made by and for web professionals. Whether you're new to web design or looking to grow your business, you'll find free tools, products, guidance, and support to help you deliver results for clients. Manage and monitor all of your clients' WordPress sites from a single place No matter where they're hosted, with a single click, you can perform bulk updates, backups, security checks, and more to save time and free up your day. And time is a precious commodity, and boy, could we all use a little more time, right? So for more information, visit GoDaddy.com forward slash pro. That'll take you to the hub dashboard where you can learn more about it. Or visit WPMainline.com where I'll have more information and links to GoDaddy.com slash pro and GoDaddy has been like, they've been doing webinars and hosting conferences and they're all over the WordPress space lately and doing all kinds of things, contributing back to the project.
1: Uh, so they're, they're, they've been very active. It's amazing As that you can do that whole ad without needing to read a script. I mean, I'm super impressed.
0: Wow. Thank you very much. You boy, I almost, I almost caught something. I did. I would have had to edit <laughs> that out, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, Hey, I do what I got to do to pay the bills, and thank you very much, GoDaddy, for helping yeah, me I agree, pay the bills. that's awesome. Uh, because of GoDaddy, I don't have people showing up in an unmarked van with baseball bats. There yeah. you go. Yeah, they've yeah. they've delayed the. I, well, <laughs> they've delayed uh, the uh, baseball game. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say inevitable, but that'd be bad. No, we, we, <laughs> we 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 can prevent that with all of your guys with all with all of your pe- people listeners. Help all of your folks. We can we can prevent that from happening. So one of the last things I wanted to talk about in today's episode was an article by Eric Korkovac. I bet you I got that right in the first try. Uh, He he wrote an article on Speccy Boy where he talks about for casual users, information on new WordPress features can be hard to find. So he goes on and describes what it's like for a new user these days to figure out what's new in WordPress, what's going on, what do I need to know before and after I upgrade WordPress, And he talks about how there needs to be a multi-pronged approach in terms of spreading the word, getting that word amplified, creating an official source for impact, impactful developments, and educating users and the quest to reach those users. And I think he makes a lot of valid points. And this is something WordPress has struggled with from the beginning is all of the things that are going out in core. And getting that information just kind of filtered down to the point where it reaches the users and the users can understand what's going on. You know, if we look at the situation today, I mean, WordPress has an official podcast. They've got all the different make blogs. They've got the wordpress.org blog, which was kind which is actually used for like releases and kind of the, the big overhead approach type of, uh, uh, information sharing in place, but mostly you got your, your dev notes and the the specific features related to WordPress that are published on the Make Blogs, and then you have to rely on sites like WP Tavern, WP Mainline, and others, and podcasts to sort of digest that information and put it into a way that's uh, where you're able to, to soak it in as a user, or even understand it, or even you know figure out what it is that's important. And I think it, I think it's just a struggle. That WordPress is still dealing with today, and even I mean, if you if you wanted someone to uh, to do this, where take the information and create a, a place where uh, for all users to go to to learn about what's new and what you should be paying attention to, uh, one person can't do that. It, it's too much. There's too much going on <laughs> WordPress these days to. To do that, to cram all that in, and you have your change logs and all that stuff, but I I don't know what the answer is to this particular problem. I I know that it is kind of still an issue. Um, I think all of the the, the websites and whatnot do a good job on sort of highlighting what's new or what's the big important things coming in the next release and what you should pay attention to. But again, all that, in, all that information is spread amongst all the little islands in the WordPress community. And I think what uh, Eric wants is sort of all of that stuff in one place. And he would kind of like to see it maybe on WordPress.org or, or something of that nature. And I, I I think that'd be nice. That'd be fun to point all users to a, to a central source. But um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it know. would be
1: a great job for someone um, or someone's. Uh, and I, I mean, if some company sponsored Jeff to do it, I'm sure he would take up the mantle with other people. Maybe, oh, maybe not yeah. alone, but uh, yeah, I, I could see this uh,
0: being a big sit deal. on my butt all day and write about and just what's dumb, next, and just just simplify things, right? Try to yeah. simplify things from an end user perspective. Not all this gobbledygook, filter run, ad action, bull crap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the stuff that no one understands, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I
0: mean. Yeah. I, I, I understand it enough to where I can not understand it. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that makes no sense. All right. So other than that, uh, anything you want to bring up or mention before we get out of here?
1: No, I think I'm good.
0: All right. So uh, it's Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. And um, if you could, you know, uh, stop by WPMainline.com. I've added a link now in the, in the menu. It says ways to support me. And nice. under that menu, you'll see links to the donation page, the subscriber page, where you can get, order a custom boxcar design. Or if you're interested in having me, moi, read a script about something mm. you're selling or you would like to have advertised, or maybe, uh, maybe I could get you on the show. You could, pay, you could pay me, and I'll bring you on the show, and you can read your own script. <laughs> <laughs> Or we could do, we could talk about it. I don't know. You can also find information for podcast advertising on the site as well. And, uh, just those are all just great ways to financially support me to help me continue writing and publishing content on WPMainline.com and keeps me doing the show. I so, love,
1: I love that you added the boxcars to the individual single posts as well. That was your way. idea. That was your idea. Uh, So happy to see it it, because now every time I go and there's like uh, one of the three that you currently have, but as an expanding group, like it's just so fun to see and it just makes me smile every time. Which one will you see next? That's exactly
0: um, and uh, in November, starting November 1st, there will be a new box car added and I'm very excited about it. Bob Dunn of uh, Do The Woo. We're going to have a Do The Woo and it will feature his rebrand. So I'm very excited about that. His, his, His box car is pretty cool. Nice. I'll just I'll just say that. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of the WP Mainline Podcast. You can find show notes for this episode and all other episodes on WPMainline.com. Just click on the podcast link. And you can follow me on Twitter at JeffroJEFFR0
1: and Malcolm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Find Purpose, And I am, as Jeff said at the top of the show, over at PressTitan.com and Camber. Capital T, dang it.
0: so that's going to do everybody have a safe and enjoyable weekend i know for many of us out there there's no such thing as a weekend but try and find some way to to take an hour or two to to to, for me time for you time uh (laughs) or listen to me time i don't whatever you want to do but we'll talk to you again next friday afternoon so long everybody